0: Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast I share insights from my personal experience as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work then you are in the right place. Let's get started. Thanks for joining me again. It's, um, it's always exciting to, you know, I've recently been out and about and people are just saying, oh, I love listening to your podcast. So it's cool to know that I've got people from um, New Zealand and Australia listening and particularly this topic because I've chosen this one. It's an absolute game changer in the thought habit space. And it's really important for anyone listening right now that might be feeling a bit stuck and you may be feeling a bit stuck because you may have been recently had what I would call a blind sighting. Something has come out of left field and has taken you off centre, and it's it's rocked you. And it could be something as devastatingly massive as a you know a death, a premature death out of left field. It also could be something equally tragic in regards to your relationships, it could be divorce, it could something happen with the family, something to do with ill health, it could be to do with you know at a redundancy process. And it could also be something as disappointing as some changes in dynamics with old friends or even just really looking at life at the moment in this, you know, midlife space and just feeling that it is not marrying up to how you thought it would be. That is the whole spectrum of blindsiding, right? Or the whole spectrum of dealing with disappointment. And I've got a really cool little mini workbook, which um, the link for it will actually be in the show notes. But it is a really important tool if this episode particularly resonates for you because what I'm really talking about is changing how you think about what's going on in your life. From going from the perspective of life or this thing not happening to me and turning it and flipping it into What is going on and what's this thing in my life and what is it? why is it happening for me? So very much shifting perspective away from, oh, my God, this is terrible. This has always happened to me or this thing's happened to me. You can already see the mental state that you're in where it's like, oh, it's happening to me versus, wow, this is challenging. This feels like crap. And why is this happening for me? Like, where could this possibly be leading me? So I'm really going to share some deep insights from my own personal journey because what I can say now, hand on heart, (laughs) is that if you start to look at the big and the little in your life and all in between as things that are happening for you rather than to you, you completely take control of your life. That's what's been my experience. So in this episode, I'm going to deal with why it actually changes anything, my perspective on why it actually changes and that in a a brain sense and a thought sense and give you some specific examples from my own life. I'm also going to run through the five key benefits that I believe thinking this way can give you and why it's beneficial to be thinking this way in a bigger perspective. And I'm also going to give you two ways that you can actually bring in this thinking as a habit. Two practices that you can bring in as a habit that will help you to foster this thought process of about life not doing things to you but actually for you. So why does it change things? Well, I think I've given some thought to what this is and in my perspective, the reason I think it changes everything is that we go from a thought process which is very closed and can be very negative as in why is this thing happening to me Um, versus when we change our perspective and if this thing has happened for me, it opens up choice of not just um, how to look at it but how to respond to it. And it reminds me of a really important quote that I believe, you know, we also need to be reminded of quite regularly is, Life is not all about what actually happens to us. It's actually how we respond to to what happens in our life. And particularly in the midlife and beyond, we have accumulated numerous experiences. And how we've responded to those experiences has literally been sliding door moments. And there may be some where if you had the chance, if you're not already reflecting a bit in daily practice, you may have done things differently and some of the outcomes could have been quite significant or the differences and I'm not um, saying that so that you would go back and regret what has happened because I think that's a pretty useless practice but it's really interesting if we reflect on how we've approached some things in our life if we knew better we would do better and it'd be interesting to see what the um, impact of that would be so for me why it changes everything is that for our brain we actually go from a very closed perspective you know why is this happening to me oh my god this is crap why did that you know why did that person do that or why did this happen to me right now when i was just on you know it's a very closed perspective we go into a very strong rubination and it just seems to me is like getting on um a treadmill Whereas if we give ourselves the you know, the chance to consider it as why is this happening for me, to me I see that as a very open perspective. It opens up not just how we view what's happened but what our choices are around how we respond to what has happened. So, again, it's removing that reactionary, probably a very habit-based, um, basal ganglia-style world Versus a choice based using executive function using reflect- reflective practices that give us our power back, and that's why I think it changes everything. For me, when I think about some of the things, and I'll share one in a minute, by simply getting in a place of power, removing myself from a place of blame, and bringing it into a place of power, it it absolutely sh- um, um, shifted. Not just the choices I made, but the mood within which I went from hopeless to feeling hopeful. So, look, there's numerous examples I could have shared with you and I I wrote a few down. Um, But the one that really resonated when I thought about this context of why is this happening to me versus why is this happening for me is when um, my husband and I... um, were in a situation, I I can't quite remember the year where this decision was. I suppose it was probably about 2004 when I think about it. We had um, been 12 years married. The whole time we'd been married up to that point, we had been part of Barry's family business and it was a family farming business, you know, on the land, multi-generational we had had successive droughts pretty much from the day I was married. day I was engaged, pretty much after that it barely rained. And if it rained, it rained in such inconsequential rhythm that it made it very hard to run the business, let alone run a business with, um, by the time we had our children, three generations um, operating. Actually, by the time we had our children, we had a fourth generation. And... You know, in those early years, one of my greatest pieces of angst, because I am a planner and I like to, um, you know, see where the future is heading, I was really struggling year after year to see how, if it was at all financially viable to remain in this family business. And that was from my perspective. It was multiple generations involved day-to-day and I was not working in the business day-to-day at all. But because I am someone that is a very hands-on approach and someone who um, takes control of what's going on around my life, I was constantly having issues with seeing the full availability of financial viability not just for our generation to be able to, you know, buy the business from our parents-in-law, but for our children to have a viable business that they may want to be involved with. So it, it there was a lot of angst and there was a lot of um, frustration is probably the nicest way to put it for, um, for me to try and work out also where my place was with this. And I was always someone that was working to, you know, basically help us, you know, have the nice things in life. And I just, I do remember distinctly when the disappointment that the financial viability was not there and that there was really no good sensical way to continue to move forward in that business. I remember when I had a shift in the thought processes of, oh, woe is me, this sucks. We don't get to do another generation. We don't get to see what's possible. We don't get to have this beautiful lifestyle that I still believe is very much attached to the land if you can find a way for your business to be viable. It was, you know, it was a lot of disappointment and um, and then a lot of sadness. And I suppose in a form it was grief, albeit no one died, but dreams died, right? And I remember when I had the shift in perspective, of instead of this being about this happened to me and clearly my husband and my children, but this was actually happening for us and particularly for myself and for my husband. And when there was that realisation, this is the eventuality and there needs to be plans B, C, D, E, F, (laughs) um, there was a shift not just in the perspective of, knowing that there was some alternatives that we could start to consider, there was a significant mood shift. And I don't know if you're someone, if you've ever had experience of getting in a cycle of blame, and it's not a nice place to be in and it's a very, very negative energy place to be in. But when you find yourself out of that, it is almost like screaming, hallelujah, oh, my God, it just feels better. Because you take the focus away from other people which is useless, there's no use ever blaming anyone else because, to be brutally honest, that takes all your power and control away. But if you can start to bring that back and see this is happening for us, so, yes, there was no financial viability for us to remain, and that's very much when I made the choice with my husband's backing that I would go and look at businesses outside of the family business. And that's when we went on the journey, you know, within two years to go and set up our Eagle Boys in 2006. So for me, that's just um, a key example of how the energy, and if it's energy shifting, it means mood will be shifting, in, um, but power and control. And as humans, our brain really likes certainty. So when you're marinating a cocktail of uncertainty, um, it can be that's the states of anxiousness that people, you know, that we all can find quite challenging. So, essentially, shifting from a place of this is happening to me, this is happening for me, you start to bring choice and power back into your life. So it is a, as I said, it's it's transformational because it is a tick, tick tick. Our mind and our biology and our whole being starts to feel like there's some hope. So what are some benefits of thinking this way outside of just that example? Well, there's five that I really want to share today. And one, is increased resilience. And I hope you could start to see that very quickly. When you start to see challenges as opportunities for growth, then it does not matter whether you're coming across, you know, smaller obstacles or really massive big-time mothers. <laughs> they, It doesn't matter. You build a, um, a thought habit which actually allows you to see choice. And so that builds resilience. Instead of immediately diving down into the rabbit hole of, oh, my God, oh, my God, and um, we'll all be ruined and um, there's no choices left and, oh, my God, my life is over, you can start to roll with the punches more. And I hear this a lot that people are hoping that the, previous, you know, the younger generation could grow a bit of resilience. I don't believe it's just those that generation. I think it's human by human. And I think it's, as I've said, is what what you choose to take as learnings from what's happened to you starts to change your perspective and build your resilience when the next, and there is always the next big wave coming toward every single one of us. So it's your ability to bounce back from any setbacks and see possibilities. So the second thing is that feeds on the fact that it provi- provides a more positive outlook to life. And one thing that we know, and there's a lot of evidence behind this now if you need it, is that um, when you've got a more positive outlook look on life you and you start to see the purpose behind lots of experiences, you're actually more likely to see lots of other good things that are coming your way And so instead of viewing life through the negative lens regularly, you start, it it just breathes on this more positive lens to be looking through. And you know what it's like to be in the space with someone who is quite negative. It can absolutely completely take you down. And so being in a more positive outlook for yourself, that means attracting others who've got more positive outlooks to life. It's sort of a win, win and a win, win. So the third thing is that we know as we change this perspective, it has a great improvement on our emotional well-being. Once again, it leads from this more positive outlook. But because you're finding more positive things and more purpose behind what's going on and creating that more positive, as I said, outlook on what is happening, you actually do have and feel less stress and anxiety in your life. Now, that does not mean that this is bland um, broadcast across every single facet. But what I'm saying is that having the ability to shift from things happening to you rather and making them about for you, bringing in that choice, bringing in that positivity, actually really positively impacts your emotional wellbeing. Fourth thing is it can absolutely improve your relationships. And funnily enough, I believe that really one of the core goals we humans have on this planet is to have loving relationships with people that matter. And so the opposite this can happen when we spend a lot of time in a blame cycle or things happening to me, to me, to me. We start to look for people to blame and more often than not, they're the people that are closest to us. And that can have a massive impact on our relationships. Whereas when we look at What, how is this happening? This thing that has just happened to me, and how is it, you know, benefiting me? How has this actually happened for me? What are the outcomes and growth that I can take from this? We actually start to see that in other people's life as well. So we start to look at what's going on in other people's lives, and we can start to increase our empathy for other people. So I think it's just got a massive um, benefit to help us to be able to improve the relationships we've got going around us. But as a person, because we've um, created meaning in a positive sense from something that could be quite challenging, we can see that outside of ourselves and we can help others to see that too. So see that as a really positive force. Imagine if you're the sort of parent that only sees stuff happening to me, to me, to me, and you have children around you constantly seeing that you can see the impact of those relationships and rearing children that just start to see life with just one lens. So the opposite would absolutely happen is that the children that you will rear who watch you look at life through the lens of why is this happening for me and starting to be very proactive about how to respond to things, they're the children you breed as well. So the fifth benefit, and this is one that, again, I think a lot of humans are always seeking, and that's fulfilment and purpose and having a reason to be. And so this is what I think is interesting. When we look at challenging things that are happening, blind sightings that may be happening or disappointments that are happening, when we see it in the context that it is actually, you know, something that has added to the rich experiences of my life, and it can help us to find, like, even more meaning in what else is going on in our life. It helps us to practise the thought of finding meaning. Um, and, you know, one example of that I was thinking in a more celebrity sense is, you know, I was thinking about um, someone, you know, like I thinking about Nelson Mandela, Mandela when he was, you know, locked up for the 27 years. But then I was also looking at the story of Tina Turner And it's one of those classic examples, you know, she was in a relationship with her husband for numerous years and, yes, they were successful as a musical partnership, but he was addicted to drugs and there was a lot of domestic violence. And, you know, she could have spent the rest of her life blaming Ike for what was going on around her, but no, she absolutely chose, whether it was consciously or unconsciously, to actually take control of what was going on why is this happening for me why am I in a relationship that is incredibly unfulfilling to what I want to be as a person and obviously she took the challenge which was to leave that relationship but by leaving that relationship she actually became one of the most successful female artists in the world and her you know the legacy she left with the songs that she wrote after she left him and performed was significant so That's the thing. It's never the easy decisions we make in life. It's the tough ones that actually, and it can be a tough decision to stop marinating in why is this happening to me because that is easier. It's so much easier to dwell on that, even though it feels like crap. It is harder to shift the mental process and look for the perspective. So I think I hope you've seen some benefits, you know, why it's super beneficial to be thinking this way. So I just want to sort of finish up with two practices that um, are absolute habits in my life but they're also habits that I um, have brought to my clients' lives. And these absolutely embed this practice of thinking differently and it, it supports the notion of the perspective shift of changing from things happening to us versus happening for us. The first habit is actually practicing gratitude. And if you have not done at any time in your life, and you ha- you may be feeling stuck, you may have gone through periods of stuckness, if you have not used a gratitude journal as a practice to help alleviate what's going on, I would encourage you to do that now. And you can certainly message me um, through social media or even just get on and um, message me through my website if you want any insights about how to even do that. But I did a gratitude journal, like as a very intense period. I did it for a whole year, about three years ago. And it wasn't even a period in my life that I was feeling stuck. But the benefit that I found of the habit of every day, basically sifting through what was I grateful for each day, that reflective practice of being able to find things you're grateful for is an absolute shifter of your mind and your brain. So it, it, it allows you to look at, you know, really filter through what's going on in your life and, and being able to give it some perspective, create the story around it that makes sense to you. So having a gratitude practice of some description, um, including or as a gratitude journal is important. And we know there's a lot of evidence about the benefits of gratitude practices. We There's heaps of evidence out there that it absolutely improves our sleep and our mood, also our immunity, and that'll be because a lot of those positive chemicals, biochemicals going on in our body. But it also reduces the risks for depression, for anxiety, and even how to manage with chronic pain because, once again, it's keeping us in that really positive energy space. So the habit of practising gratitude, and I would ask that to be daily, um, having recently been to Bali a number of times and watching the beautiful blessing that they do every single morning where they go out, and I know this is a religious practice, you don't need to put it in the context of religious. It's literally going out every day and in the mornings giving a blessing or giving blessings for the things that they're most grateful for in a day. It has such an impact on your mood, if nothing else. And then the second habit is actually leading onto that is full mindfulness of self-reflection. So journaling and meditation are two key practices with this where you are getting the ability to observe not just thoughts and what's going on in your mind, but experiences that have come up in your day or week or even how you are feeling and thinking. I've had numerous clients I've worked with who have found this a hard thing to get into. And the reason is because they were overthinking it. Say, like, Bella, but what am I going to write down? You know, get out the book. And it's a bit like, you know, the diary back when you were 12 or 14, like, oh, I'm going to write about the boy that I just met. Or no, what it is, is I am feeling crap because, and then allow your mind to answer that. Or I am feeling really grateful today because, or, Why is this person really unravelling me at the moment? Why is what's going on with me really unsettling me? You're just asking yourself questions and allowing your mind to answer it. And invariably what happens is you get so many of the thoughts that are driving you nuts in your mind down onto paper and you can start to see patterns. So contemplating The thoughts, our experiences, they all lead to an over-pervading theme of life is not about what has happened to me, but finding sense and meaning by the way of why is this thing happening in my life for me? What are my learnings from this? What are my opportunities from this? Where can I take this now that I've started to see it with a different lens? So just wrapping up with, you know, I've got a really, really cool um, mini workbook that is a perfect way to use these learnings from this episode. And this um, workbook is about how to take a blind sighting and make your life a blinding success. And so it's using all of the different tools that are in this um, workbook. To be able to help you to start to practice the thoughts and habits um, of journaling and gratitude, but creating your stories around it using this new lens. So, I just want to finish on the, the the real core change that I think happens here is, you know, when we make the choice to look at what has happened to us and flip it about what it, why is this happening for us, we start to create power we bring our power back and we get choice back. And if that's not something worth doing, I don't really know what is. So make sure if this is something that's resonated, click on the link in the show notes so that you can actually grab that little mini workbook. It's a free winning workbook. And I hope that you can start to bring in these practices and help yourself to really shift the focus of some of these really challenging things that may be going on or have gone on in your life. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. Are you dealing with a blindsiding in your midlife? Whether it's a divorce, a death, or a disappointment of what could have been, download my free guide to turn your midlife blindsiding into a blinding success story. Click on the link in the show notes in your podcast app. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who you think needs a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.